0: Welcome to the January 2019 edition of A Cup of Joel. I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad it's 2019 and I am excited to share this new episode with you. This is kind of a carryover a little bit from December 2018 where we talked about the accounts of Matthew and Luke in regards to the birth of the Savior. This time we jump into the book of John and how he talks about the Savior, and just some different perspectives that John gives us on how things were viewed back then. And I just think it's a really interesting um, discussion and one that Joel brings out really well. So enjoy listening and let us know what you think. This episode is entitled, Insights from the Book of John on the Great I Am. This is the eight life, a place where LDS women and really any woman can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are and that this place we call earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. All right, Joel. Welcome back to the podcast, take two for 2019.
1: This is this is our second podcast of the year. <laughs> Do you want to explain to our listeners why this is our second podcast of the year?
0: Sure. So we started the podcast. We were going along. It was a great podcast. And then all of a sudden, Joel was no longer there. And so I was like, Joel, where are you? Where did you go? And his phone had died. So then we went back to rec- look, listen to where you were, what you were saying, and I hadn't recorded your side anyway. So I think it was meant to be, Joel. <laughs>
1: That's so, highly symbolic.
0: Yes. Let's what just hope this is, is not, not how the year is going to go.
1: <laughs> what I have to say is not worth listening to. That's what you're saying. Sadly, yeah, everybody agrees.
0: I do have a backup, but... This is much better if I record you with double audio. So,
1: well, the good news to our listener is we'll probably just bypass the witty banter that usually starts these yes. podcasts that they fast forward through anyway. And we'll just say, Great chat, Megan. We'll see you next month. Right. <laughs> is that too far to me. We probably should say that?
0: something. We didn't get that far. We'll we didn't get into something.
1: your All
0: philosophical right. insights. Well,
1: let me let me give you some philosophical insights by the Book of John. Okay. And I won't take credit for these philosophical insights. Uh, that's a way of hedging my bets in case I say something really stupid. Um, I attended a series of lectures by a graduate student here at University of North Carolina who is LDS, who is studying. Um, Christianity, New Testament world uh, for his PhD. Mm-hmm. And I really, really enjoy listening to people like this because I already know the Latter-day Saint philosophy of the mm-hmm. New Testament. I know what Latter-day Saints think and feel about Christianity, what we think and feel and believe about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm always interested in what, how other religions, not see our religion, but how they see Jesus. Mm-hmm. How do the Catholics see Jesus? How do the Protestants see the New Testament? Mm-hmm. How do the Muslims see Christianity? You know, how do the Hindus see Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um, he's got those kind of insights and, and shares them with the class, which, which I really just enjoyed completely.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he opened a class one day with, with a question that kind of caught me um, completely off guard. Uh, he says, hey, you know, how long do you think was Jesus's ministry? Well, I'll ask you, Megan. Um, how long do you think Jesus's ministry lasted?
0: Well, I already know that this is a trick question, Joel, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> from our first yes, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my I'm first, to <laughs> yeah, my first answer was three years. But I know three that's years. Not that right. was my answer. That's everybody's
1: answer. The whole wide world, at least in the Mormon world. Uh, thinks, Jesus' hey, Jesus's ministry was three years. And, mm-hmm. you know, our teacher's like, we don't know. We assume it's three years. We make some assumptions based on um, calendars that we pull out of the New Testament. You know, there's a Passover once a year, and Jesus was around for this many Passovers, and et cetera, et cetera. But he mm-hmm. goes, no, no. There's never anywhere in the New Testament that says, okay, Jesus's ministry started here. We can assume it started at his baptism, or maybe we assume it started with the uh, first miracle that we read, which is the water to wine. Um, we see certainly him teaching as a, as a young teenager in the temple. We don't say that's the start of his ministry. You know, why don't we? You know, that was a, what this guy brought to the class, You know, challenging. He didn't challenge our faith, but he challenged our assumptions that aren't grounded in doctrine, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked a lot about the book of John, which I'm going to want to share some of his thoughts with you and just get your reaction to them. Okay. Um, again, when, you know, we've studied this New Testament, each of the four synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, from the point of view of you know what's the narrative, what's the writer trying to get at with mm-hmm. the stories that were cherry-picked for his narrative. Again, for crazy reasons, I don't know why, I just always assume Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John actually wrote with a pen and paper, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And he's like, well, a lot of people do still believe that, and they're welcome to that opinion. But most scholars of all faiths, interdenominational, do not believe that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote Mm -hmm. their books. These books okay. are attributed to them; that they're most likely oral stories that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John conveyed to followers, who passed them on to subsequent followers. And when they finally got around to the Greeks, somebody in the Greek world wrote them down.
0: Okay.
1: And and each story that change, changed in a bad way because these were all believers; nobody was trying to you know, do what Mormons tend to think of, sadly, which is, you know, hey, Satan's gonna get a hold of my heart, I'm gonna change these words and pull out basic doctrines and make it a bad book. No, it's just a telephone game. Stuff gets lost, stuff gets misinterpreted, stuff gets failed to be written down, or most importantly, it wasn't important to my narrative, so I just left it out completely. Mm-hmm. I'll give you some quick examples of what we're talking about. Kind of highlight last month's podcast. Okay. The book of Matthew. Remember Matthew. What was the agenda or narrative of Matthew? You know, that Christ is the great king Mm -hmm. of the Jews and Christ is the great prophet of the Jews, Uh, more so than Moses and more so than David, who are the great king and prophet of the Jews. Mm -hmm. That um, the genealogy given, you know, ties Christ back to Moses and David, words used in stories. Or remind us of Moses and David. In, in the book of Matthew, you see Jesus going out in the wilderness for 40 days. What does that remind us of? Well, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Jesus gave the law on the Sermon on the Mount. Well, Moses gave the law coming down from a mount, Mount Sinai. We see parallel, 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 where Matthew is saying, look, I'm tying Jesus to Moses, I'm tying Jesus to David, and I'm showing you through Jesus' words and his miracles that he was greater than Moses and greater than David. Mm-hmm. Fair enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, look at Luke.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Luke opens up with the story of Zacharias and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth, a woman without children, an old woman without children, barren. In that culture and that society is, is, is that a great place to be? Well, no, it's not. It's not good in that society to not have to be married and not have kids.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Elizabeth was, lived in the margins, yet we open with an angel coming to see her. God has not forgotten this lowly woman. And as we read Luke, we see story after story and parable after parable of this message that Jesus comes to the poor of poor, the poor in spirit, the poor in heart, the poor in wallet, mm-hmm. and they are the ones who will be saved. And the rich, and I guess in our vernacular today, I would call the rich the entitled, uh, will not be saved and, uh, and until they humble themselves and become poor in spirit and poor in heart. Mm-hmm. Um, how does Luke end his story? And Luke's story ends at the end of Acts, not at the end of Luke. It's all one story. It ends with missionaries, Paul and others, going to the whole world, not just the Jews, to the Gentiles. Jesus belongs to everybody, um, and and especially to the poor. And we bring the kingdom of God ourselves. You know, we are the ones who are to go to the poor, to feed the poor, to to the poor, uh, to bind up their wounds. Jesus says, if you do it to them, then you've done it to me, and that's how you get saved. Whew. Let's look at John. What's the narrative? What's the agenda of John? Let me read to you, Meg, a couple of verses from the chapter 1, verse 1, 2, and 3 of John. And you tell me what's the first thing this reminds you of. I'll start. In the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god the same was in the beginning with god all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made all right say so you're reading this do you remind you of any other scriptures in our canon in the beginning was the word does that remind you of some other book that we read about
0: Oh, gosh, Joel. See, this is where, you know, I'm not the scriptorian, but I would say Genesis. Genesis. That's exactly right.
1: Luke took Jesus back to the whole world. Matthew took Jesus back to the greatest prophet and kings. Who's John tying Jesus to? To God himself. Mm -hmm. To before the world even was. Mm -hmm. Jesus is not only better than moses jesus is not only better than david jesus not only belongs to all the mortals on this world jesus belongs with god himself and in fact jesus was with god himself and was doing god things the things that gods do jesus was doing before the world even was that's an agenda my friend and Mm -hmm. that's a narrative um, okay. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we read of a humble Jesus, and of course, Jesus is humble in John too. But what I mean by that is, as Jesus did his miracles and, and healed people, he was often saying, "Don't tell anybody what you've seen here.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, don't don't brag about it. Just go show yourself to the priest. Go wash yourself in the river, and and." You know, pay your tithes and offerings and go about your business. Mm-hmm. In John, we don't see that Jesus at all. We see Jesus front and center taking credit for everything that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the proclaimed of Matthew, Mark, and Luke has become the proclaimer in John. Okay. In John, and in no other book, is Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. Mm-hmm. I am your source of living water to so the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. I am the light of the world. Okay. I am the good yeah. shepherd. Mm-hmm. I am the way, the truth, the life. Mm-hmm. I am the vine. Mm-hmm. I am the resurrection and the life. Mm-hmm. And in fact, just plain and simple, I am. hmm very interesting. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Yes, yes, yes. The writers of John are are making a, a definitive point here, much different than the writers of Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke are making. Um, there are certainly stories in John that we read in all the the gospels, and uh, but but mostly, whereas Matthew, Mark, and Luke are is more narrative. John is more what is it um doctrine it's more mm-hmm. teaching and less stories okay. um, and in fact John really is broken down in, into four parts um, the last half of John from what chapter 13 to the very end mm-hmm. chapter 20 takes place in one day one day
2: mm-hmm.
1: half the book of John mm-hmm. takes place in one day which is the last Supper
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it's nothing but Jesus preaching and and giving the doctrine. Um, Much of the other stories we get out of John come from four festivals, um, four Passover-type events, Um, a festival dedicated to the Sabbath, the Passover, a Feast of Tabernacles, a Feast of Dedication. Mm. And in each of these stories, whoever wrote John was saying, Jews, you have a festival to the Sabbath. Well, I'm going to show you that Jesus is greater than the Sabbath.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You've got a festival about the Passover and the Jews you know, being f- freed from Egypt. Well, I'm going to show you that Jesus is greater than the Passover. When you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Megan, here's a second question I'll ask you. Generally, who are the bad guys in Matthew, Mark, and Luke?
0: The Pharisees and the Sadducees.
1: The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the chief priests.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: As we read John, they're not the stated bad guys. And in fact, what, what hurts Christianity today is the book of John,
2: mm-hmm. because
1: the named bad guys in the book of John are the Jews.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the, the horrible atrocity that happened a few weeks back in Pittsburgh with that shooter who shot at that synagogue,
2: mm-hmm.
1: in, in his apartment, they, they found quotations from the book of John where the writer of John was bad, not bad-mouthing, but yeah, labeling Jews as the bad guys. Mm -hmm. Again, back to this lecture I attended. Um, Our instructor stopped and said, you know, why? What is happening here? Why all of a sudden do you have three of the Synoptic Gospels that are pretty much in line with the Pharisees and the Sadducees kind of being the ones that are the burr in the saddle? Mm -hmm. Why did it change to John? that it was the Jews.
2: Mm-hmm. He
1: said, scholars pour over the writings in John, only well, pour over the writings in all the books of, of, of all Scripture
2: mm-hmm.
1: to, to look for any, any hidden Easter egg, unintentional, that reveals the, the, who wrote this, what time period was this written, um, uh, where did this person live, you're looking for cultural references, just a turn of a phrase that you can hone in and say, oh, wait a minute, this pegs you, writer, to this certain time period, and that's how we know where these books come from. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, you know, in Matthew, you know, there's references to the, the temple being mm-hmm. destroyed, the, you know, the temple in Jerusalem. Well, we all know that, that temple was destroyed in 70 A.D., Mm -hmm. So scholars can look at that and go, okay, yeah, I mean, Jesus prophesied of that ahead of time. But we see kind of how this book was written. It's more of a fact than a prophecy. It's, you know, some past tense words. Maybe the writer wrote this or one of the people who orally passed the story on, passed it on after 70 A.D. Therefore, we know that this story was at least written after the temple was destroyed. That, that's the kind of stuff that scholars try to try to do. Okay. So, in looking at John, and they're saying, "What in the world is going on in John that Jews get tagged as the bad guys?" Where did this come from? Something jumped out—a cultural uh, or a change in chapter nine. I'm going to read it to you. Okay. That that kind of revealed where the, the writer unintentionally played his or her hand. And this is the story of Jesus healing the blind man on the sabbath mm-hmm. and 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 you know the pharisees are just livid about this and mm-hmm. they, they they try to nail him they can't do it so they bring in his parents and try to nail them for what's going on and everyone is afraid of of this this inquisition going on um, and i'll read verse 22 chapter 9. Uh, the word spake his parents um, the parents tell their story because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that Jesus was the Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Well, you and me will read this verse and just go, "Yeah, yeah, the Jews are mad because Jesus showed them up, and, mm-hmm. and we move on with the story. but scholars stop right there and go, "Oh ho, oh, oh. why are the parents afraid to tell the Jesus story? Why is the blind man reluctant?" Well, the, you know, just what, where's this fear coming from? The fear is mm-hmm. coming from being kicked out of the synagogue. Mm-hmm. And scholar after scholar have poured over uh, New Testament times, cultures, and histories. And in the days of Jesus, nobody was getting kicked out of the synagogues. The Jewish leaders believed in a in a one God system. There is mm-hmm. only one God, and their big beef of Jesus was. He was a second God. He was claiming to be equal with Jesus, and they didn't like that. And if you, and if you attested to Jesus in Jesus' day, they didn't kick you out of the synagogues. They never kicked Jesus out of the synagogue. What would they do? They'd beat you up. They would beat you to a pulp. We mm-hmm. read about Peter and John getting beaten for proclaiming Jesus. And what did the elders of the church say to them? Stop talking about this guy, and they let him go. They beat him, they crashed him, but they never threatened kicking him out of the synagogue.
2: Mm-hmm. Paul
1: preached Jesus and was beaten with 39 lashes for mm-hmm. preaching Jesus. They would beat you up mm-hmm. horribly, but they never threatened to kick Paul out of the synagogue.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: wasn't until decades later that In other instances, non biblical, do we see that the Jewish elders were kicking people out of the synagogues for being Christian? Hmm. So scholars put their brains together, and again, they're just making assumptions because we don't know definitively, but they're figuring that whoever wrote the story of John was probably a Jew from a group of Jews Hmm. that believed the Jesus story. And by doing so, were kicked out of their synagogue. and to get back at the Jews for kicking them out, they wrote when they wrote their version of the gospel, which is what we see here in John, they just sort of naturally, the bad guys were the Jews.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and the slip of the phrase it was like, well, you know?" We got kicked out of the synagogue, so that's probably why the people back in Jesus today feared the Jews as well, because they probably would have been kicked out of the synagogues. Um, and, and the stories that the writer of John pulled for our benefit were stories of Jewish festivals and then Jesus attending that festival, performing a miracle at that festival, and then proclaiming doctrine that shows that he was superior to the festival. So story after story is Jesus is better than the Jews or Jesus is the son of God and the Jews missed the boat completely.
0: Okay. No, that makes sense. <clears throat> totally. But I think you need to make a point yeah. of uh, clarification because... Please
1: do. Please do.
0: The Pharisees and the Sadducees were Jews, correct? Right. So when you say right. Jews, you mean like the common Jew, like just the membership of the Jewish religion? Well, like, who are you re- referencing exactly? Yeah,
1: well, again, and, and Joel's not referencing anything. Joel's re- repeating what I scribbled down as I attended this fascinating lecture. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the bad guy, and that's really a poor use of term, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Of Matthew, Mark, and Luke are specifically named as a, a class of Jews. Pharisees, Sadducees, chief priests. In the book of John, they discard those titles Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: just say the Jews. The -hmm. Jews.
0: As does the Book of Mormon, though, too.
1: Right. Uh, And that's why scholars, you know, that's why the book of John is accused of being an anti Semitic book.
2: Mm. Because
1: the other books don't blast the Jews, they blast a group of people who we can all say they should have known better. They were Mm. poor leaders. In mm-hmm. John, they just kind of you know whoever wrote this book. is like, no, no, we're afraid of the Jews. We're just, we're going to call them Jews. So mm-hmm. 2000 years later, you got some nut job who reads the book of John and goes, yeah, yeah, it's the Jews. And then he says what you just said. Oh, it's all the Jews. Mm-hmm. All the Jews are bad. Mm-hmm. And where's my AK 47 in the synagogue. And mm-hmm. I will, I will carry out the will of God.
2: Well, mm-hmm.
1: you know, if, if, If we could rewrite the book of John today, I think most scholars, including LDS scholars, would de-emphasize the term Jew with being bad um, to end some of this unwarranted bigotry that that we see in our day.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we're going to liken all scriptures unto ourselves, right? I mean, it's any of us, right, that don't acknowledge his deity in our life in some way. We all fall into that category. So that's really the take home lesson, right? Is when you do not acknowledge Christ as a God and in that proper role, then you're doing exactly what they were doing.
1: It helps to read the Bible, not as a book, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: like the Book of Mormon is a book,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. one book. The Book of Mormon is one book the Bible really isn't a book. The Bible is a library. Mm-hmm. The Bible is a collection of books and really we're better off reading it by checking out of the library. I'm going to check out second Corinthians today
2: mm-hmm. and you
1: read that. And then you put that back. Go oh, today I'm going to check out Mark and mm-hmm. you'll read that because they really are just individual narratives they cover the same topic, but they're not related to each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, think that that's a really good point that you make, because before we've had these discussions, I would never have really realized the difference in the writings, because I would have compiled them all together to make up yes. one story, but not looked at them individually, and really what each right. author was trying to convey by what they're they were saying so i think that that's actually really helpful and also when you were talking about how matthew conveyed him and how luke conveyed him as opposed to how john conveys him um it just shows all the different um i don't know personality types i guess of christ like he is he he is equated to an earthly king because he was he is the king of this earth Yet he's also just like all of us, because he was born mortal, and he had to be subjected to mortality. And yet he is a God, which is what we and the the Latter-day Saint faith aspire to, essentially, and believe that we can become someday. So very interesting how they all convey him differently. And yet those messages are really important in how we approach him and view him and how we internalize his teachings really into our life and how we go forward from there.
1: Yes. And I'll end with this. The beauty of the New Testament is in spite of these stories being told orally for decades and perhaps being changed and the lack of cohesiveness among the various books, the thing works. Mm
2: -hmm. The
1: New Testament works. Mm-hmm. You feel the spirit of God when you read it. You are closer to God by reading it. Your testimony grows by reading it. The Holy Ghost accompanies this book when mm-hmm. it is studied with a uh, sincere heart. And um, it, that's the beauty of the, of the New Testament. It, yeah. it works. In spite of itself, it works.
0: Yeah, and we all get to study it this year. So Yes, perfect way to <laughs> For our podcast. That's yeah, right. Exactly right. That is the that's right. that's basis right. that's for that's Come right. Follow Me this year. So yeah. yeah, which will be very, very good. So that was very insightful. I really enjoyed that because I love your, I your so. deepness that I don't always get to on that scholarly level. So
1: uh, uh, I'm good at repeating others. And <laughs> um, In fact, you alluded to our topic for next month.
2: Okay. which is
1: come follow me. We okay. will have had a month, a month of this new two hour block.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And more importantly, a month of this new found hour to study at home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to talk about that new found hour. I want to talk about the, the come follow me program. So you okay. need to do it. I need to do it. We need okay. to do it for four weeks. And, uh, We'll tell the world our
2: findings.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm excited, actually. I think it's going to be a great thing. And you survived the three-hour block for as long as it existed, Joel.
1: (laughs) You know, I'm old enough to to remember going to church twice on Sunday. Maybe you Mm -hmm. remember that, too. You might be too young. I
2: vaguely remember it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. took a sacrament twice, junior Sunday school, yeah, there was there was song practice time we had mutual and and society and primary during the week mm-hmm. and then i thought the three-hour block was you know oh i missed all the time with everybody and now the whole month of december i just kept going geez this third hour is killing me mm-hmm. <laughs> let's get rid of that one other two
0: <laughs> yes there's a lot of exciting changes coming i mean you don't have to just wait for general conference. We just got the new one about the age change for the youth. Yeah. And moving you don't up. have to
1: wait 12 to be a deacon. You don't that's have to right. wait to, to get the priesthood at the age of 12. You can be a beehive at the age of 11.
0: Yeah. I think that that's just another grow up
1: so fast.
0: great example, though, of like the spirit of yeah. the law versus the letter of the law.
1: Yes. All the, all the grandkids of these general authorities finally were heard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I hate primary I'm 11 if I do another primary <laughs> program at the age of 11 I'm gonna
0: yeah all my friends left in May yeah. and I'm stuck till December 25th
2: yes <laughs>
0: yes
2: that my will really help two of my else.
0: yeah that will help two of my boys especially because they were yes. born in December and so yep that will be interesting yep yeah A good thing yeah All right. Well,
1: happy new year to you and all, you know, 10, 12 of our listeners.
0: Yes. Happy uh, new year to you too. So thank you for that great insight. All right. We'll see you then. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.